Oh yeah, yeah. I'm getting her a uh, vacuum cleaner this year. Are you? That's yeah. a good choice. Yeah. That's a good choice. A Dyson. <laughs> Replacing the old Dyson <laughs> out with the new, old with one. The new Dyson. The new model is out. And a pleather jacket. <laughs> oh, smart man. Yeah. I know what my woman likes. Ciao. This is Kelly Hahn, and I'm a big ass runner from the Mile High City of Denver, Colorado where the trails are steep, but the views are worth it. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now here's your host, Jeff Harrell and Stephen Pritt. Well, thank you, Kelly. This is Jeff Harrell. And this is Stephen Pritt. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner. Stephen, this is episode 20. Yes, episode number 20 is ready to go, and we have got a good one in store. But Jeff, before we do that, we just want to say thanks to Kelly for uh for doing the introduction we follow kelly on instagram she is an awesome follow she's also a personal trainer i wouldn't want to mess with her i think she uh, is very athletic i know she posted a picture before of running up these these uh, huge stairs there in colorado i think she probably can can do a really good job at that yeah kelly is quite the badass i don't think i'd want to mess with her no and i think it's kind of funny now you guys have a little uh thing going on on social media yeah i i said i don't think i would want to mess with her but actually we have a bit of a debate happening and it's around something that i'm quite passionate about really trail running trail running uh i am passionate about that but no it's not about that it's actually about the snickerdoodle Oh, the snickerdoodle, of course, as everyone knows, is the greatest cookie that there is. I can see where this is going. So you you do kind of pick these controversial food topics here. (laughs) Kelly disagrees. Her husband, incidentally, agrees with me. Mm. He loves the snickerdoodle. He's got great taste. Kelly does not think the snickerdoodle quite stacks up. In fact, I think she thinks it's quite lame. Yeah, I'm probably I'm more on the side with Kelly. I'm I'm not a huge Snickerdoodle fan, but so do you guys? Is there like a store bought brand that one that you guys like? Oh no or? no my my daughter. Well, first of all, my wife makes a great Snickerdoodle, right? But then my daughter Ava, who's in college, she's a quite the baker as well, and she perfected it. Really? So she got it out of the oven just at the right time where it's still a little gooey in the middle. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, the way that you're describing that, that sounds that sound good, doesn't that it? That does sound pretty good, especially right now. So, Jeff, in addition to the great and mighty Snickerdoodle in your family, is there another cookie that you guys have for the holidays that, that you really like or you bake every year? There is. My wife makes it, I think it's just a traditional Christmas cookie cookie it's the one you know you make out of sugar cookie dough right and then you use the metal templates you know make the little christmas tree and the star and the snowflake i think and the how i look at there's different christmas shapes yeah and then she puts this icing on them they're really good in fact my brother-in-law when we take them we usually take them over for christmas yeah he will eat the entire basket full wow they are fantastic now not as good as a snickerdoodle, uh-huh. but actually very, very good. Yeah, so that's interesting because in our family, we do the same thing. We actually do two different types of sugar cookies. We do one with the icing, and then we have another one that's a little bit fluffier. But we Ooh, Fluffy? Yeah, but we put colored sugar on there, and you sprinkle them on that way. 
But there is one that we do that I don't know if it's actually a Christmas cookie, but in our family, we bake it every year, and it's called a Jubilee Jumble. A Jubilee Jumble? I don't know. It Jambalaya? Must, no, it, there's no crawfish or etouffee in this, <laughs> but it's this really cake-like, lots of brown sugar, lots of butter, and it's this cake-like cookie, And but the frosting, Jeff, is what it is. This frosting is pretty much pure butter and pure confection sugar and you whip it up and you layer it on top of this thing and it's just this mound of frosting and it's got this caramely pecan kind of flow to it and some flow it's got some flow it has got some flow it'll it'll really bless you on the holidays like <laughs> your brother talks about eating those i mean these are the these are the ones that go first and i make it my sister makes it my mom and dad make it it's a it's a family favorite and i don't think it's actually a christmas cookie it's that good it needs to be brought it needs in. to be brought into the fold yeah now you hit you checked a lot of boxes for me there steven you said brown sugar mm-hmm you said vanilla. Yep. You said caramel. Caramel. You said some other things. You said fluffy. Fluffy. And All just, things that are fantastic in a cookie. I mean, it's it's like the perfect recipe for a cookie. Sounds I mean, like a jubilee to me. Yeah. It's a whole little party in your mouth, really. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. So what we should do, Jeff, is next time we, we air, or at least we bake cookies, I'll, I'll save a couple. And maybe Bring we'll, some over next time we record. We'll do a swap. Maybe like a oh, snickerdoodle a or jubilee jumble swap. I like it. And then maybe we can do like a taste test or something like that. And we should also ask our listeners what their favorite Christmas cookies are yeah and maybe even share can we share our recipes online i don't know i have to get permission but i think i think we probably could yeah probably lock and key with that recipe yeah one thing i love about christmas cookies too is they're not just good for any time of day you can have them for breakfast yeah pre-run post-run you know i think when you have christmas cookies it's no holes bar. You can just have them anytime you want. Anytime. Yeah. The calories don't count. They do not. Fantastic. Well, Stephen, with that, let's get cooking on episode number 20. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. Yeah, C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. Oh, cookie, cookie, cookie starts with C. Yeah. Cookie, cookie, cookie starts with C. Oh, boy. Well, Stephen, one of the things we love about this podcast is we get to meet lots of different people from all over the world. And we have a new friend that we met recently named Laura Hamilton. Yeah, Jeff, it's great. I think what's one thing we really like about um, trail running, but also that we've been doing since this podcast is just meeting new people. We met Laura on social media. She's really got a really interesting perspective about running. And she's a Division One college athlete, um, has a really good story about how running has really helped her. But more importantly, I think she has some really good tips on some things around running and trail running for the everyday runner, just like like you and I. And what's cool is Laura is from Sydney, Australia. Yes. But she is actually in Boise, Idaho. Yeah, and she's she's really great. So this is a, a really fun interview um, that we had with Laura, and uh, we really think that you guys will, will enjoy it too. Have a listen. This is our conversation with Laura Hamilton. Laura, are you there? Hello. Yes. Hey. Hi, we, guys. <laughs> Laura, how you doing? I I'm great. Enjoying the. I love skiing, but I'm enjoying the lack of snow, for, at least for the trail running purposes right now. It's quite unseasonal in uh, Boise. 
That's great. Well, this is Jeff and Steven from the Big Ass Runner. We're excited to have you on. Again, we we met you recently, but we just we loved your story and the fact that you're in the states running trails, running cross country for Boise State, but you're from Sydney. And first of all, I love an Australian accent. <laughs> That's my favorite accent of all time. Not not Texan? No. Okay. Yeah, we talk too slow. Right. We, we slur our words. So, Laura, tell us a little bit, of, and we're going to talk to you a little bit about your, your background and your history, but tell us, first of all, how's it been being in the States, especially during the pandemic? Look, it's been quite, I guess, surreal is a, a way to put it, because my country and America are very different states in terms of the pandemic. I've definitely had to adapt to like very sudden and drastic changes, like living life more rather than like planning and um, trying to predict what's going to happen in the future. A day-by-day approach seems to be a lot more sustainable. Trying to keep in touch with people from home, like online as much as possible. It has had a lot of difficulties, to be honest, um, just being away from home and not kind of not knowing when I'm going to get to see them again and like the threat of, lots of quarantines but running for me has been a savior and particularly trail running I look I have the um, luxury of seeing the mountains around me every day like we live very close to the foothills of Boise you can literally just put a pair of shoes on and within a mile you're out in the mountains and sometimes it's nice to go and get lost there for a little while we're slightly jealous of that for sure. So we, we get out and put our shoes on and go to our prairie. So we don't have much elevation. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to know, Laura, the difference between the trail community here in the States that you found versus what you experienced in Australia. And you're from Sydney, I believe. Yeah, well, Sydney's a, a big city, 4 million people um, compared to Boise, which I think is on more on the side of like 200,000. So the trail community here is definitely a lot more intimate. Like you see regulars out on the trail, which I think is super nice. Yeah, You do get that in Sydney, but it's more of a concrete jungle. Um, so the trails that we do have that are kind of within manageable distance to drive on in the everyday week are going to be more crowded. And our environment is just different. We're not a highland desert. We are more coastal, lots of sandstone, escarpments, what else, lots of trees. <laughs> Boise, Boise, even though it is called the city of trees, the foothills are a lot more bare because it's um, the highland desert and uh we have some altitude here as well, which is very different. I'm at sea level in Australia. But uh, my trail running community at home was very tight to the squad I was with. It's people of all different ages, different goals and aspirations. And we would all run together and we mostly all run kind of the same routes around Sydney. So that was lovely because I would see them like on a random Thursday at a random time, like, oh, hi, I didn't expect to see you. And interestingly, <laughs> it's the same here. It's, it's really lovely. Boise is very, I guess they say it's like a mini Salt Lake or a mini Denver. The community is very tight and it's awesome. I love it. That's great. And Laura, I know you, you've listened to The Big Ass Runner before. and You probably know that our, sh- our show is really for the everyday runner. So I'd love to talk to you a little bit about how you got started with running because you weren't necessarily a runner right away. I think you were actually a skier back in Australia. So I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got into running and maybe some of the early either struggles or successes that you had. Yeah. So it's kind of a funny story. And I have my mom to thank for getting me into running. 
encouraging me. I had actually gone to snow for what was meant to be a two-week on snow training camp to prepare for the season ahead in Australia for Nordic skiing. But no snow fell, so we spent the whole time roller skiing, running, mountain biking, all sorts of other activities to just try and stay fit at the altitude of the ski resort. Um, So I ended up coming back home early, and we were driving across the Harbour Bridge and if you look down, there's the overseas passenger term- passenger terminal in Sydney. And my mum saw them setting up a race. And she goes, oh, that's a Sydney Harbour 5K. That, that, that race is going to be on tomorrow, Lara, on, on the Sunday. So we were like, it was 11 p.m. at night on the Saturday. And we're driving home from the snow, sad, because we didn't get to ski. And she's like, you should enter. Dad will take you. Dad will take you. So I was like, on a whim. We just went the next day. I guess kind of ignorance is bliss. I had no idea how to warm up properly. Really no idea how to pace myself. We don't either. We don't either. Yeah. (laughs) We still don't know how to do that. We're still learning how to do that and and stretching and all the kind of those things. Yeah. 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 What is is foam rolling? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So um, dad's just like, go for it. Go for it. So I did. It was only like five kilometers. But um, apparently the Nordic ski training and all that little altitude stint, I did worse and I ended up tearing to this day the only ribbon I have ever torn in a race finish line and beating a majority of boys. And my parents were like, yeah, maybe maybe you should try some running. And I was like, yeah, I think so, actually. Much easier than driving six hours to the snow uh, and getting all my skis waxed and the tech. And I still love skiing, but putting on a pair of running shoes uh, and out the door in five minutes, yeah, <laughs> it was so much more manageable. You're, you're going to have to explain to me because I've never, I don't understand what tearing a ribbon is. Tell tell me what that, I'm assuming that means you won the race. Is that right? Yeah, the, the female um, wow. part of the yeah, and how, and how old were you at this moment time? I was seventeen or eighteen. I would have wow. been seventeen. It was like final year of school. That's impressive. Yeah. Your first race, and you won first place in in your first race. I'd done some school cross country races, never won. Just was like fit from doing other sports. Yeah, I was mind blown because I'd I'd always been like okay at everything, but I'd never been you know that kid that was the best. It took thirteen years of school to kind of figure out what my sport was but it's kind of a blessing in disguise because like you see a lot of kids just burn out quite young and here I am just kind of I guess coming into it yeah so you're you're 22 so that was only a few years ago comparatively right so you that was kind of like your first forte into into really running yeah I mean we did do runs for Nordic ski train training most of the time with poles and people would look at you very funny running around Sydney <laughs> with Nordic poles attached to you. They look at me um, funny all the time anyway. And that's without poles. And that's without <laughs> poles. <laughs> yeah, but like I guess it, it all translates in the end. I like to do some cross-training with running now because um, the, heart, the heart is still beating either way, do you know what I mean? Like, And that's the great thing about just getting outside, and, you know, whether you're biking, swimming, running, whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So after that race, then how did you start getting more serious into, into cross country or running? And, and how did that lead you to come to come to the States and, and consider running for a Division One school? I didn't really know anything about coming to America or colleges until I really started to do well. But there was a little bit of time before then where I, I was going into university and I was like, well, 
I, it might be a good idea to get a coach. And it was uh, just sheer luck that the first coach I ever had for running was great, awesome. I love the squad that I have at home. They're called Run Crew with Gary and Ben. And the squad at right now is growing at massive numbers. And they took me under their wings and developed me as a young athlete. And I think it would have been, uh, when did that, 2017, I ended up winning the under 20 Australian cross country championships. And that was when I started getting these offers to American schools. And was that something you even had considered before? Or was that like a brand new thing? Like, wait a minute, I can actually go to the U.S. and go to school. And, and is that something that people in Australia want to do? Is, is going to the States and going to school something that's even on people's radar? It is on people's radar, but there's a lot, in all honesty, a lot of mixed opinion about it because you have success stories. But people like to remember the more negative, like naturally, more negative side of things like burnout stories, you know, Mm -hmm. or this tennis player went here and got burnt out, never picked up a tennis racket again or something like that. When I first got offered, it just wasn't the right time in my life to go. I was still pretty young. I was halfway through my undergraduate degree and the thought of kind of, I was pretty, I was more immature and the thought of kind of moving overseas suddenly scared me. But then a year later, I did start to consider it. I saw myself coming towards the end of my degree. I decided to shorten the length of my degree. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not ready to enter the, in inverted commas, real world. <laughs> I'm going to go and make some visits to US and um, pick a school. And it happened, Boise was the first school to offer me. Funnily enough, now I'm here. And I think that's fitting because they were the first school to see my potential. And I love the coaches here. That's that's awesome, Lauren. I know you had mentioned to me earlier as well that running has really meant a lot to you. And I think the people that listen to our podcast, running means different things to different people. It's helped them, you know, lose weight in some cases, stay healthy. You know, for me, I want to I want to run because I want to be able to play with my grandkids. But for you, running has really meant a lot and kind of helped you through a probably difficult time in school. Isn't that right? Yeah, I mean, it 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 wasn't really in my life during a difficult my difficult times in primary school. So um, I just I was a little different. Like I'm very I do a lot of things like. As a kid, I like to, I don't know, I like to make bow and arrows. I was six in the backyard and I did trampolining and Nordic skiing and sung in the musicals. It was all like just a lot of stuff and I was very outgoing and I think maybe some kids just didn't kind of understand and I often found myself in cases where I was excluded and I felt lonely and I left my primary school and went to a different school because of that and I started to have a better experience. But running came into my life later as I mentioned earlier and I finally found that like people knew me for something and whilst running is not my whole identity it is a big part of who I am um, whether I'm competing or not because I haven't competed in a long time because of coronavirus it's something I want to do every day it's something I look forward to and it's something that's always there for me I mean give or take getting injured occasionally or having some time off and I'm forever thankful for that you know there's been some tough times with my own mental health, family sickness, the, the bullying and the pandemic. And every single time I think when I'm out on the trail, sometimes I haven't even started crying about it. Running is there. Running is always there for me. You can't mm-hmm. like, you can't, I mean, it could be taken, but like for now it's, it can't, it's there. 
Yeah. Now that's so good. And I think, I think that's something that, especially during this season that people are finding, you know, Laura is that, that it is there for them. And, and like, as Jeff said, it, it, you know, it provides different things for different people. I'd be curious to know a little bit too, is what's your, what's your why? Like now, now that you established, you know, and you discovered that you, you know, you had some talent for running and you made that transition, which is a, is a big jump. I mean, to move away from family and do that and pursue your, your academics, you know, and to run. Whether it's trail running or competitive running, what are some of the the whys behind it for you personally, and and what does it mean to you, and and maybe what are some of the the benefits that you see for running for you? So I guess when you ask that question, a few things pop up to me: social, the friendships I have made from running, particularly uh, in the US, when you it's very different to the Australian system. Here you have a team, and you run as a team. The pe- a lot of people on the team are some of my closest friends, and I hope lifelong friends. Because we go through the same ups and downs together, same races, same challenges. It just looks forward to getting up in the morning and organizing a time to meet up and just go run on the trails and talk about our lives. And it's one of the most simplest things, but it can bring so much joy. And the other thing, I guess, is like I want to see where my body can take me. I know that there's a lot more left in here. And right now, I'm not in the best running form. It's hard with all like what's going on in the world and everything, but... I know I have so much more to give. Like, I'm not done yet. And that's a big why. That's driving me. Because I get these little glimpses on runtime. Like, yeah, that's it. That's it. Like, this is why I do this. That's great, Laura. And you are 22 years old. You're wise beyond your years. I would love to ask you, through your experience, what advice do you have for the everyday runner out there that is just trying to, to you know get out and, and move their body and get some things done? What What advice would you have? My biggest advice is that do, do something like, I guess it's kind of hard to specify it to running, but do something that you enjoy. If you enjoy running laps around the athletic track, go and do that. If you enjoy running up a hill or a mountain, go and do that. If you enjoy run walks or like, you know, adventure hikes, go and do that. Just move, like just get your body moving. I mean, people go like, I have to go on a run. Like, no, you don't have to go on a run. Go and find another way that you like to move because I believe that there is everyone has some way that they would like to move. And sometimes putting on the running shoes is the hardest part. And once you're out there, it's actually fine. <laughs> you just need that little push. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say that. We interviewed Sarah Vandernoot last episode and she created a company called Vanderjacket and she got some great advice from her father and he said that the difference between mile 10 and 11 is not that great but the difference between mile zero and mile one is a there's a big difference and so just getting the shoes on getting out there doing something is is just a a huge accomplishment so that really rings true absolutely there's that old saying right Uh uh-huh you're beating all the people on the couch. We've all heard it before, but it's true. Yeah. Hey, Laura. So one question I was thinking about for you, I mean, obviously you're busy. You're a collegiate division one athlete, you know, as the season picks up and you guys start competing again, you'll have some high demands there. Obviously you have your schooling and stuff. And that's really probably the same for a lot of runners, whether they're have jobs and moms and dads and different hats that we all wear. I guess I'd be curious to know, since you perform at such a high level for collegiate athletes, any advice that you would give to our listeners around improving performance, but also balancing life and, and balancing running and thinking about how how do you how do you improve but and also how do you keep you know running in check uh like two words reign true consistency like just getting out even if you don't do exactly what is put to you on paper or what you had planned in your head sometimes being a bit more spontaneous can 
have better effects because if you're just putting in the time or the miles, kilometers, however you want to go about it, even if it's cross training because you you know you're a bit sore and you need a day or a day off of running, everything counts. I was taught by my first coach that it's like a phone book. Every session is another page in your phone book, or every session is another coin in your coin jar. Just making deposits because we can get really focused on the nitty gritty details. Um, but it's a big picture, particularly endurance sport, whatever your goal is, whether it's to qualify for a world championship or run well in a local 5K park run. It, it doesn't matter. Like it, you, it's consistency is key and just staying humble and looking after yourself because at the end of the day, you only have one body. So you better, you've got to learn to love it and you've got to learn to respect what it can do for you. That's great advice. And I, I think somebody competing at your level, that advice is applicable for any level <laughs> of, of some of the runners that we have out there, including ourselves. Lara, this is Jeff. I'm kind of known for my really hard-hitting questions. So I've got a, a few final questions for you. But are you prepared? Are you ready? Are you ready for this? This is going to be tough. Five the shot. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I think, I think you're going to handle this. What is your favorite American food? I actually have grown a love. And I thought I, I had no idea what a biscuit was because a biscuit in Australia it's a cookie. is like a cookie, right? Yeah. And I was like, just to try biscuits and gravy. I'm like, no, you're kidding. Like, what, what is that? <laughs> Looks like vomit on a plate. Like, they were like, just try it. Just try it. Okay, fine. I was like, no way I'm ordering that and paying for that myself. So I'll try yours. I tried it. It was very good. The the crumbly biscuit with the salty gravy, it hit, it hit all the spots. How do you feel about the Oreo cookie? The Oreo? Yeah. I mean, the vegans love it. The, the vegan people love it. Love Oreos? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I know about it. I prefer a, we have this uh, cookie store here called Chip, and I just love chocolate chip cookies. I, I would I would eat them all day, but that would not be good for me. Yeah. Now, is there a cookie? I think I had a coworker that was from Australia, and they think they were called Tim Tams. Is that a correct cookie? Oh, yeah. Tim Tam. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not a cookie. It's it's a biscuit, but not, not the biscuit that you know. Right. There's a tradition called a Tim Tam Slam. Ooh. You have to get a glass of milk or a hot chocolate, and Tim Tams, if you break them in half, form like a straw. So you drink your hot chocolate or your milk through the Tim Tam as a straw. That is a pro tip. I'm going to, we're going to have to, we're going to have to do that recipe or something like that online. Are there any other terms that you think is interesting? For instance, I know um, in other countries, they don't call running shoes, you know, running shoes, they call them trainers. Any, any running terms that are different that you, you find interesting in the States versus um, in Australia? Yeah. um, I got called out on this by my mom. I was like, oh, I need to go to practice. Like what is practice? I was like practice. She goes, oh training. Yeah, oh yeah, training. We call it training. She's like, well, you're calling it practice now, are you? <laughs> In the U.S., doctors have a their their business is called a practice. I don't know. It's very confusing. We, we have a lot of very confusing terms in the States, I yeah, feel like. And I honestly, Jeff, don't think I want a doctor practicing. I know. Yeah, you I want mean, them to know what they're doing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't want to practice, you know, thoracic surgeon. Exactly. I don't, don't. Know, what that, I know what they do. But yeah, if, if he was to thorax me, I, I don't think <laughs> you don't want them I don't want to practicing on me. So. Not on you. So, Laura, what is the biggest thing you miss about Australia being here in the States? And it could be food. It could be anything. What's the biggest thing you miss? I have an affinity with the ocean. Like I feel, I grew up um, on on a bay, down up paddleboarding. Dad taught me to surf really young. It's always played a big role in my life. If I want alone time, I'll just paddle out to sea and catch waves and kind of sit there and just look out. And that's 
I feel like I would that was being taken away from me a little bit just in terms of like not even being able to like travel somewhere because I I, I live in the radius of a bike as I like to say in Boise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just me and my two wheels. So I miss that a lot, but I try not to complain too much because we have these beautiful mountains and literally a ski resort 30 minutes drive away. I sometimes go skiing after university in the evenings. I'm oh, like, where man. Put like, run, do your study, go to class, and then finish the day off with your ski, come back down, have a beer, and some dinner. Awesome. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. I think we're going to come visit you next week. Yeah, we'll be there next weekend. <laughs> exactly. Hope you got a spot on your couch because right. we're going to be there. So, hey, well, the Laura. resorts are open. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, Laura, um, a question for you. So, one thing I noticed, we're going to brag on you a little bit, but in addition to balancing all that you're doing in terms of your studies and running and being collegiate one athlete, you also are postgraduate in vocal performance, which oh my just goodness. sounds amazing. And maybe you can give one of our friends, Timmy, time. He does a lot of singing on the podcast. He needs, definitely needs some vocal coach help. So, we might need you to help him out with that. Or they could do a collaboration. That, that could do a little collab like maybe like a little duet or something yeah a little islands in the stream or something i don't know what that is i don't either yeah (laughs) but i'm wondering from from that side of your life are there any similarities you find from lack of better term training for your voice and being able to to sing in a performance level any similarities between that and running at all absolutely i actually decided to write my research paper for my degree on the on sports specific training for vocalists because there is an issue kind of in the vocal world right now with vocal performance being more on the obese side of things but you're going to give your best performance if you are fit and can have endurance on stage move act sing and so trying to find ways where these two disciplines complement each other and interestingly because singing is a singing is about breathing about how we use our diaphragm how we expand our rib cage um, where we how we inhaling exhaling and looking after your voice because your body is your instrument. You haven't got a clarinet to hold. It's like this, right. the clarinet breaks, go get a new one. Great. Well, if your body breaks, you haven't got another one. So there, there's that. And it's the same for running. Like you are your tool, I guess, to get out and run or to sing. I've learned like if I strengthen the breathing muscles, um, I do strength-specific work, I will sing better. If I... Um, have a better cardiovascular, uh, sorry, have a higher level of cardiovascular fitness, I'm going to sing better. But there is also some downs to that. Like if I do a really hard track session, then try and sing a long recital the next day, it's not probably going to work out well. So I used all my breath in that before. <laughs> right. Yeah, we, we find that after the podcast, we, we usually use all of our breaths, but um, I don't think we have the same <laughs> VO2 max here that no, we're talking about. not what Laura has. Well, Laura, you're... <laughs> You're an inspiration, and you really are wise beyond your years. You, you've got a lot of great experience, and I think I think a lot of what you just shared will really help the listeners for the Big Ass Runner podcast. If people wanted to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Actually, via Instagram. I'm just at Lara with no U <laughs> underscore Hamilton. I get a lot of messages, and I actually like to respond to them. That's great. So it's L A R A. Hamilton. Underscore Hamilton. Laura, thanks so much for joining us, man. We, we, I'm glad we connected and we just love what you're doing. And man, you're just, you're an inspiration. Oh, well, thank you for um, giving me the time to speak to you guys. Um, it's very enjoyable and I love the questions.
That was such a great and enjoyable conversation with Laura. I actually made quite a few notes. Yeah, I, you know, like you said, Jeff, for for somebody who um, is relatively new in their running career, I guess, a lot of great wisdom. And you can tell that she really thinks about what she does and running. Yeah, I have a couple of takeaways as well from that. What's your biggest one you think that you took away? You know, I think something towards the end what she was talking about is just about respecting your body. You know, I think listening to your body and just as much as we like to go out there and run and push hard, and that is an element to endurance sports, but also the the ability to, to rest and to respect your body, I think is really important. I think that's a really good reminder. I think she even alluded to that, pushing so hard, taking some time for that rest or switching it up with something else. And I love the analogy when she's talking about consistency, because I think a lot of times we get hung up on, oh, I got to do eight today and 12 tomorrow. And maybe it doesn't work out that way. But if you just get out and do something, mm-hmm. she talked about pages in a phone book or coins in a jar, just that consistency, just doing something, getting out and everything counts. That's just a, such a great two words that are, that mean a whole lot. I just really like that as well. Well, what a great time with her and great conversation. And thanks again, Laura, for, for spending some time with us. And we hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Stephen, one of the things we absolutely love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runner community out there. We've got a cool one this week. We have one from one of our favorite places, Colorado. Yes, we love Colorado. And this week it's um, Sadie May Runs. And like Jeff said, she's from Colorado. She's a mom and a teacher and also a coach, trail runner. She uh, is really cool, really uh, does an awesome job of running. And Jeff, she's a part of the the group. I don't know if you guys have heard of it called Trail Sisters. Oh, yeah. It's a great organization out there um, helping promote women in running. In fact, I want to get a Trail Sister hat. I don't know if I'm allowed to wear it, but I'm going to order one anyway. Of course you are. We'll feature, we'll feature it on there. But Jeff, one thing that's really cool about Sadie... Uh, in addition to balancing her life of teaching and being a mom and that kind of stuff, that she actually does something called donkey races. She's literally a big-ass runner. Yes. And And a small-ass runner. Right. She runs with donkeys, and it's so cool. (laughs) She's such a great follow on social media. It's um, Sadie May Runs, and there's some great pictures of her and with her donkeys. I love it. Yeah, and I think that's kind of cool. So it's a little bit different than running with the bulls, but uh, it's probably like the U.S. version of it. But uh, we should have her on and, and have her teach us, or maybe we can learn a little bit more what that's like to, to, to run a race with with a donkey. I bet they're stubborn. Oh, we know they are. Yeah. We know they're stubborn because we're the big-ass runner. That's right. Well, she probably kicks ass at that and uh, <laughs> like anything else in life. So we wanted to give a shout-out to her. Thanks so much, Sadie, for the follow. And if you guys don't follow her on social media, we would encourage you to do so. Way to go. Sadie May runs. Hey, Steven. Hey, Jeff. You know what time it is? What time is it? It's Timmy time. Yeah, baby. Tim Bazer, welcome back to the Big Ass Runner Podcast. What's up, fellas? Miss you guys. Yeah, it's good to have you back, man. Yeah, yeah where you been, dude? Oh, just Christmas shopping, all sorts oh, of things. Wow. Yeah. yeah. For real? Yeah, I'm in this Christmas spirit. 
I we can, I we can tell. We heard that you had some uh, Christmas shopping to make up um, for. Uh, yeah, for last, last episode we heard about some of your Christmas gift giving. Yeah. They really sucked early in your marriage. <laughs> that maybe did went awry, perhaps. You know, uh, a little bit, a little bit awry. Yeah. Well, she said that since then you've made up for it, and and all things are are good and glorious. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm getting her a uh, vacuum cleaner this year. <laughs> are you? That's yeah. a good choice. Yeah. That's a good choice. A Dyson. Replacing the old Dyson <laughs> out with the new, old one. With the new Dyson. <laughs> the new model is out. And a pleather jacket. <laughs> oh, smart man. Yeah. I know what my woman likes. Well, Timmy time is here because it is Christmas time, and we're all in the Christmas spirit around here. Right, Stephen? Yeah, and last time, Tim, you did such an amazing job of helping uh, sing some Christmas songs so our listeners could really understand the deeper meaning of some of these Christmas songs that are out there. But Jeff, I think this week we have something a little bit different. A little bit different plan this week because there's a popular song, Timmy Time, that makes its rounds about this time of year. And it's been done several times by different artists. Oh, my goodness. It's been done. It's been covered by many people. The Muppets, John Denver. I don't know who else. Andy Williams. Andy Williams? Yeah. You're uh, pulling out some names I did not know if you even were aware of. I don't know who Andy is, but... Yeah, uh, he's, he's one of the Williams brothers. Okay. Well, that's, I don't know. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> but well, what wonderful tune and ditty are we going to be able to offer up the listeners this week? Yeah, so Jeff, we actually have, um, for you, Tim, we are going to be singing the 12 Days of Christmas. So Tim has been practicing. Uh, Many of you guys know the 12 Days of Christmas. It's a very popular song. I've learned it as a kid. But we are actually going to do it a little bit differently. So Tim is going to sing a special edition of the 12 Days of Christmas, and it is actually the Big Ass Runner version. Oh my goodness. Of the 12 Days of Christmas. So we've been working with Tim vocal coach i'm yeah. a recording artist uh we hired some some accompanist and we did, uh, we, did. Yeah. we hired a whole orchestra a whole, a whole orchestra and so we are here to to kind of bring it all together so think of this as your christmas studio session basically oh boy this is like a christmas concert coming straight into your ears through the big ass runner podcast <laughs> it's from tim's mouth of babes to your ears <laughs> we have the quote the 12 days of christmas the big ass runner style so timmy tom if you're ready we're gonna get the music ready we're gonna get the orchestras warmed up they've already yep. warmed up they've already tuned up we we've been practicing all week long so been practicing. i can honestly say i have not practiced this oh you haven't no what you're just, well you're a professional this has yeah, got it memorized though this oh, is does. this is unlike other timmy time performances yeah <laughs> way <laughs> so different so different but <laughs> any other one sure okay here we go here we go get ready On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a bright orange porta potty. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two left shoes and a bright orange porta potty. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three comfort stations, two left shoes and a bright orange porta potty. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four big papa pickles, three comfort stations, two left shoes, and a bright orange porta potty. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five star ratings, 
four, Big Papa Pickles three, Comfort Stations two, Left Shoes and a bright orange porta potty. On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me six virtual races, five star ratings. Four, Big Papa Pickles three, Comfort Stations two, Left Shoes and a bright orange porta potty. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven pumpkin pies, five star ratings. Four Big Papa Pickles, three comfort stations, two left shoes, and a bright orange porta potty. On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eight ketos given, seven pumpkin pies, six virtual races, five star ratings. Four Big Papa Pickles, three comfort stations, two left shoes, and a bright orange porta potty. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me nine trucker hats, eight kudos given, seven pumpkin pies, six virtual races, five star ratings. Four Big Papa Pickles, three comfort stations, two left shoes, and a bright orange porta potty. On the tenth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me ten danger noodles, nine trucker hats, eight scudos given, seven pumpkin pies, six virtual races, five star ratings. Four Big Papa Pickles, three comfort stations, two left shoes, and a bright orange porta potty. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eleven Big Newtons, ten danger noodles, nine trucker hats, eight kudos given, seven pumpkin pies, six virtual races, five star ratings. Four Big Papa Pickles, three comfort stations, two left shoes, and a bright orange porta potty. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me twelve stampeding horses, eleven Big Newtons, ten danger noodles, nine trucker hats, eight kudos given, seven pumpkin pies, six virtual raiders, five star ratings. Four Big Papa Pickles, three comfort stations, two left shoes, and a bright orange porta potty. Yes! Timmy time! Ooh. That was, are you okay over there? Ooh, yeah, I'm a sweaty. Was, that was a workout. I'm sweaty. <laughs> that, that was like a, to- like a 50K. That was awesome, I think Tim. my heart rate is about 186 <laughs> right now. <laughs> What's your VO2 max right now? It's fantastic. Way to go. Well, thank you. That is impressive. Great job, Tim. Great job, Tim. Well, that I was. Appreciate that. I hope that, that gets everybody in the Christmas spirit. I think it will, yeah. and we'll probably cut that album. We should re- release it on Spotify or I, something. I think so. I think we should definitely, um, you know, mix it a little bit. Maybe do a remix, like a rap version. Yeah, I know. think the orchestra messed up a couple of times. Right. Yeah, well, maybe. we'll we'll get with them. Uh, yeah. Afterwards. It sounded like the third chair cello was a little <laughs> out of tune. Right. Well, that's we need to get another chair, basically. <laughs> Oh, the big Papa pickles were uh, pretty hard to say. They were pretty hard Not to say. Not for you, Tim. Not for you. <laughs> Somebody of that linguistic uh, nature and, and agility. Agility, yeah. 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 Well, and the funny thing is, anytime I saw that, I was thinking about Gracer about and Scott, the pickles. Scott, well, everyone does. Yeah. Yes, everyone anytime thinks about, I think about Scott a pickle. and the big Papa. <laughs> 
An ode to Scott. Ode to Scott and the Big Papa. Well, folks, that is Timmy time. Timmy, thank you so much. What a great gift to our listeners. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Timmy time. Thank you, fellas. Merry Christmas, all. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. The party's on. Well, Stephen, believe it or not, this is the end of episode 20, and 20 is quite the milestone. That's twice 10, I believe. 10 it, times 2, carry the 1. Carry the, yes, 20. Double X. And double Ro- X. Double X in Roman numerals. So yeah, episode 20 is in the book. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Great interview and just some really good things, and Timmy Time totally killed it. I think we're going to have to put that on iTunes and and let people download i'm sure it'll be a chart topper number one oh yeah christmas song of 2020 it's my favorite it's yeah it's one of my favorite classics too and thanks to the orchestra for hanging in there with us and stuff so really <laughs> appreciate that i uh, hope you guys enjoyed episode 20 and maybe i don't know jeff are you done with all your holiday shopping or are you getting close got a few more things i want to sneak another vander jacket under the tree somehow i'm not sure i'll be able to do that but i'm going to give it a try yeah that's that sounds like a good wise idea i still have quite a few of my shopping left so i'm probably gonna try to see what i can order online for this year and big shout out too to laura hamilton loved hearing her story such a wise person Stephen, at such a young age yeah i think it's really cool for us to hear her perspective and i i took down some notes too i think and and love what she said about trail running and, and keeping perspective and balance so jeff with that i think we're ready to wrap up episode number 20 of the big ass runner podcast we encourage you guys to get out there every weekend enjoy the trails and keep running your asses off Well, Stephen, with that, let's get episode number 20 going. I don't like that either. Hang on. What do I usually say? I usually have something fantastic. Uh, it was more of a joke. Yeah, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm avoiding it. Like, okay. like, you old guys don't understand jokes. <laughs> right. <laughs> As, it's hard to do sarcasm over the phone. I need to get better totally. at that awareness. Following in the UK and in, in Australia and some other – in Latvia. We're huge in <laughs> Latvia. Latvia, yeah, yes. we're like the David Hasselhoff, you know, like the old huge 80s, in Latvia, the old '80s rock band that's you know in their '60s but still hanging on, yeah, performing Latvia bars, yeah, that's, that's us, <clears throat> yeah. So. <laughs> Maybe I will go treat myself to a dinosaur T-shirt. There you go. I bought one of yeah, their their yeah. Well, I bought one of their their dinosaur trucking hats um, for trail running, and I wore it last night on my trail run, and they're pretty sweet. It's got a, a dinosaur running on top of a topo map. And I literally get, I'll wear it to like Lowe's or go, you know, out to eat. And people are like, that dude has a dinosaur on his head. And he's like, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, who doesn't need a running dinosaur? Everybody needs one of those. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five star ratings, four big pop of pickles for three comfort stations, two left shoes and a bright orange port-a-potty. Perfect.